It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is still the only undefeated podcast in the NBA. We have a taste to win games. No matter how much we're down, no matter how the game's going, as long as we log in and continue to play how we're playing, we can beat anybody. All right, y'all, welcome to episode three of the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Sarah Spencer, beat reporter for the AJC, and the Hawks' win streak rolls on. Now it's seven games after that big comeback win over the Lakers. Before we get going here, thank you again so much for listening to what we have to say on this podcast and really helping us get this thing off the ground. And if you're tuning in for the first time, please subscribe or follow this podcast on your favorite provider where wherever you get your podcasts, I'm remembering to say that these days, wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all that stuff so you never miss an episode. Coming up later, We'll have a big interview on the Hawks Report. This week's guest is point guard DeLon Wright. Um, He has been playing really well off the bench for the Hawks. Really, the whole bench unit has been playing really, really well. And that's a big reason why they're on this 7-0 streak since that win on MLK Day versus the Bucks. Uh, DeLon's a big part of that. He's not the flashiest guy. He's not going to score a ton. But the tiny little things that you need to do to win, he makes those kind of plays. He he does. Um, again, not going to score a lot for you, but he has been really good on that second unit. The whole second unit has been excelling, and and here the Hawks are uh, just kind of creeping up in the standings. One game under five hundred now after falling to seventeen and twenty five. So let's start with where we stand today. Uh, it's pretty safe to say the Hawks are. The hottest team in the NBA. They're certainly the hottest team in the Eastern Conference with a 7-0 win streak. Uh, following Sunday's 129-121 win over the Lakers. And here's coach Nate McMillan on how it happened. I thought we settled down, you know. I thought we uh, started to, you know, calm ourselves down and got back focused on what we needed to do. You know, we talk about our three C's, you know, being calm, being clear about what we need to do and being connected out there. And I thought we got that in the fourth quarter. You know, we settled down. I thought, you know, the hype of the game, playing the Lakers uh, in that first half, we were just uh, really, really playing emotionally drunk out there. You know, we was just so in attack mode that we weren't seeing clearly uh, what we needed to do. We was turning the ball over like crazy in the first half. I think we had nine turnovers where we had three or four in the third quarter. And we had zero in the fourth. And, uh, you know, our defense, uh, you know, showed up in time. We got stops. They scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, and we scored 38. Uh, that'll, that'll help you win. So, 
uh, we just did a great job getting stops and scoring and executing on the offensive end. Yeah, outscoring teams 38 to 20 in the fourth quarter. That's that's going to get wins. Trey Young is is for sure correct on that. The Hawks have been playing a lot better in the fourth quarter. Um, one thing I did want to mention is a big reason why they are on this 7 and 0 streak right now is defense. The defense was really really struggling big time in the first half of the season. Um that was a big reason why they were why they fell to 17 and 25 and 12th in the Eastern Conference standings. And it's still not perfect, but you have a big physical wing in DeAndre Hunter really limiting he played well on Jason Tatum. I mean really limiting uh, in that win versus Boston, limiting the other team's best perimeter player a lot of times that's really big for them. Uh, Clint Capella defending the rim on Kongwu doing the same. John Collins has been good on defense and Trey, uh, who just spoke there, Trey, he, he's not known for being a good defender. He's a smaller guy, um, but he's actually putting in a lot of effort on defense and that's been big for them because obviously teams go at Trey and he's been playing a lot better on that end and really, really pushing. I mean, he, he already pushes the ball so much on offense and, and pushes the Hawks as a whole. And he's been doing the same thing on defense. So now, you're seeing the Hawks have been toward the very bottom of the league in defensive rating over the past seven games. They're actually sixth in defensive rating. And if they can just be average defensively with how elite offensively they are, that's going to get it done. So, so that was Trey young, obviously played well on Sunday, but he won't say it, there was kind of a funny thing that happened after the game. Obviously that game got chippy in the, in the second quarter, Trey young ended up getting a tech when John Collins picked up his third foul and the Lakers were playing physical on Trey and, you know, the refs were letting him play. And as Nate McMillan mentioned, lots of turnovers in the first half. They cleaned it up in the second half. But Nate actually uh, used a phrase that he he uses sometimes when things get a little uh, – Nate obviously likes for things to be even keeled. And when they're not, sometimes he uses the term emotionally drunk. We can uh, agree to disagree. Me and Nate, we do that a lot. Uh <laughs> We have, uh, I mean, it's, it's good, it's good. If everybody agrees, you and me, one of the, one of the people. So I think sometimes we, we disagree, and I disagree with that. I think uh, my emotions with, with certain people uh, start with other people most of the time. And uh, so when Tony Brothers mentions to me how many years he's repped this league, I don't give a damn. So that just, that just gets, me, gets me fired up in motion. And uh, I don't think I'm emotionally drunk. I'm just uh, competitive and uh, I think it just brings the best out of me and my teammates, and uh, it ultimately did. So Trey Young's wallet might be hurting a little bit after after that one. Um, emotionally drunk, basically, when Nate uses it, means that you're not playing that even-keeled, that steady way that he he wants guys to play. Um, Trey was obviously, you know, chirping back and forth at refs. Ended up getting a tech. Carmelo Anthony actually got a, ended up getting a tech. It wasn't all one-sided. The Lakers were, were given that back for sure. There were some moments in that game, though, where, and to Trey's credit, I mean, they, they got the win, and he did have several great moments in the fourth quarter that helped lift them to this win, and they've won seven straight. So obviously he's doing quite a few things right, <laughs> obviously, um, but... And and they can't agree to disagree. I mean, Nate has has talked about that. Um, I remember last season he mentioned, Nate mentioned, you know, I'm a little old school. Trey's a little new school. You put them together and 
that's how we're going to have success. So both both sides are fair. Both points are fair there. But I did think Trey got a little heated and you got to be careful with that, you know, because the game can turn against you if you if you get too heated. Um, and it sort of did, not all because of that, but the Hawks were down 10 going into the fourth quarter. It just turns out it doesn't matter because they're they're becoming a fourth quarter team again, which is something you saw last season when they ended up making that making that famed run to the Eastern Conference Finals. They went from the worst team in uh, in point differential in the fourth quarter to one of the best. So that that's something that they did last year, and we'll see if they can can keep trending in the right direction this season. So Anyeka Kongwu, we, we've we've got to keep talking about him. I guess this is the Anyeka Kongwu podcast now. We're going to have a segment on him every single week. Maybe that's the plan. He is coming off the bench with Clint Capella back uh, in the starting lineup. The thing, I, And I know some people don't love to see Anyeka Kongwu come off the bench, but you also have to understand the bench is killing it right now. And he's a big reason why. And Nate McMillan certainly trusted him to keep him in down the stretch in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. He's doing a good job of uh, keeping his body between AD and the basket. You know, the team had a rhythm with him in the lineup. Uh, So I decided to uh, just stay with him and uh, finish the game with him. So Anyeka Kongwu ended up playing... And it's easy to forget this. This is just a second year player. He ended up playing the entire fourth quarter in a game that that kind of went down to the wire. Uh, The Hawks ended up kind of nabbing a four point lead with a little under a minute to go. And then they pulled away a bit from there. But this was a close game for a while. They were down 10 to start the fourth. Um, But in a in a gritty close game, they closed with Onyeka Okongwu and 12 of his 16 points came in the fourth quarter. So that's really big for them. And he talked a little bit about where he thinks he has grown the most. I feel like overall, like both sides of the floor, the game's, you know, really, you know, taking that next leap. You know, I really feel confident out there, you know, offensively. You know, my touch is right, my free throws. Everything is just progressive from last year. And defensively, I just feel like I'm better on ball defender, better outside defender. Just going out there and playing basketball, not being robotic and trust my instincts, you know, and doing what uh, got me here to this point in my career. So that's a pretty good summation there. That's a pretty accurate look in the mirror there from Anyeka Kongwu. Everything he just said right there is is definitely right. Defensively, he's giving the Hawks what they need right now. He's also doing an excellent job finishing around the rim and just cleaning up around the rim. That's been big for them. I think it was Trey Young who used the phrase super big time to describe how Onyeka is playing right now. And that's definitely true. And here's John Collins on Onyeka. It's, it's really great to see, you know, Onyeka really works hard. You know, I feel like he's a person that's in the weight room just as much as I am, um, you know, challenges me as I challenge him and, you know, just comes in and plays with passion and heart every day. So I'm, I'm just happy to see his hard work pay off because I, I truly do see that the work he's put in and um, he's helping us win. So, you know, just keep going. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that's good encouragement there from John. And you could see, you could see John Collins um, go, going up and talking to Anyeka Kongwu, like as if they were to head into a timeout or something like that, John would be the first one to kind of go over to Anyeka and, and encourage him and kind of just hype him up a little bit. Um, and that's, 
that's big. You want to see that between teammates. I think just a lot of things that were going haywire for the Hawks earlier in the season, you're starting to see a lot of those things settle down a little bit. I think some of it, as tough as it is to trade away a player like Cam Reddish and the the potential that he has, even if it was not being realized right now necessarily, um, I do think that I don't necessarily think it was anything Cam was was or wasn't doing, um, but I do think that you're kind of starting to see some some minutes and just some time overall open up for different players, um, and I think they're just able to get into some of the rotations that they want and, and find a little bit more of a rhythm because there's less of a a logjam with minutes. And Delon is actually going to talk about that a little bit um, and and say it better than I can as far as what's going right for them right there. Um, But seven game win streak, which is a seven game win streak for a team that, that really kind of looked really looked uh, down and out there for a while. Um, Here's Trey again on this win streak. We've been locking in and focus and trying to get stops. And that's the main thing for us is we've got to keep getting stops and, Keep uh, keep fighting on the defensive end because we're one of the best offensive teams in this league. And um, if we just we, we match our defense with our offense, we're going to be a, a tough team to beat any night. Not only have we proven it to ourselves, but we've proven it to, you know, the, the general media, I hope, right? You know, as we continue to play well and, and you know, win games, um, I feel like it's why we were frustrated ourselves because we were underachieving. So I uh, just feel like, you know, coming together, doing what we need to do, making smart plays, and uh, we're going to win games. So... We just got to hunger down, as I said, do the, the right things. And John is always one to keep it to keep it kind of fair because it's not like the Hawks have been. I mean, this season has been, I mean, up and down, yes, but also a lot, a lot, a lot of down more than I think the, the team expected, more than obviously fans, media, everybody expected from them, given that they brought back a very, very similar roster that went to the Eastern Conference Finals just last year. And who knows what happens in that that trip to the conference finals against Milwaukee if Trey Young doesn't hurt his foot or step back on step back onto a, a rough's foot in that kind of freak injury that happened there. And obviously they didn't have DeAndre Hunter for that either. So expectations were really high and they kind of got lower and lower. Um, and you started to think, where can this Hawks team actually go? given the the massive way they're struggling on defense. But you also had one thing you, you had to – so I, I like that John was honest there about, you know, we were legit underachieving because they were. But there's a, there's a little bit of nuance to it in that in December and January, they really did not have much of a roster to work with. So there's some things defensively that there, there hasn't been an excuse because that's really been since the opener. But there's been some personnel stuff that legitimately was affecting them, whether it was Anyeka Kongwu being out with injury, whether it was DeAndre Hunter being out with injury, whether it was Bogey being out with injury. And part of the reason the bench unit is doing so well is because Bogey's there as another, you know, playmaker, scorer, as another just ball handler. So that's been big for them. Um, So the Hawks are really starting to put it together. Um, I don't quite think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season but if we keep doing the podcast which we plan to do we plan to put out episodes weekly 
So maybe if we keep doing the podcast, they're 7-0 since we've started. <laughs> maybe they'll go undefeated the rest of the season. Probably not, though. So I don't think it's going to be perfect the rest of the way. But if the Hawks can just be good enough defensively, they can be good defensively. Great. And they have been. If you can sustain it, that's amazing. But if they can just be good enough defensively and keep doing what they're doing on offense, which is letting Trey Young be a, a wizard out there and falling in line, you know, accordingly um, and getting production from key guys. If you can do that, then the Hawks odds right now, as of Sunday, they're one game under 500 and the middle of the East is kind of stacked together. So if they can keep winning at a high clip, which they had to do because you fell pretty far in the standings, if they can keep winning at a high clip, the Hawks will end up being closer to where they wanted to be I don't know if they'll be all the way there but they're going to be I think they're going to be closer to where they wanted to to be and where they wanted what they wanted to achieve this season as far as going into playoffs and just standings and Delon's going to talk a little bit more about about their goals overall um, as they kind of not the final stretch of the season but as you kind of really start to get into the point of the season where everyone's checking the standings after every game uh, like me but I think as as much as defense has been big for this team, um, which it has been, it has been major. That's that's what it's going to come down to for them. You also have to keep producing on offense, and Trey Young is certainly doing that, and then some. And he's going to be a uh, two time All Star starter um, in just four seasons, which is which is a pretty amazing feat. I feel like he deserves it, man. I feel like he got snubbed last year. It was two years ago um, when we were in Atlanta as well. So, um, you know, shout out to Ice doing his thing. I really didn't expect for him to not be a starter. So, you know, not to say that I'm surprised or not surprised, but doing his thing, um, you know, say congratulations to him. Team, congratulations to him. All happy for him, man. So, you know, keep doing his thing. I love how John is like kind of forgetting when the last All-Star game is, which to be honest, I straight up covered it and I don't remember when it when it. I don't remember remotely when it was. I was I was there. But yes, it, it was in Atlanta and the Hawks did not have an all-star, which was which was definitely a tough pill to swallow. Um Trey Young was was for sure in the conversation for an all-star last year, and he he kind of got snubbed there. Um but still that's still a pretty good rate of being an all-star not not just an all-star an all-star starter um if you can say that you've done that twice by age 23 i think those are i think that's a pretty that's pretty good math there um but yeah so that's that's the past week for the hawks a lot happening a lot going right as it tends to do on a seven game win streak and coming up we'll look ahead to what the Hawks need to do to keep this win streak going, and we'll also take your mailbag questions. But first, let's welcome in Delon Wright on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Delon, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me, and um, you know, I'm excited. Well, we were just talking about how good it is to actually see people face to face and be able to do this face to face. I feel like. Everything has just been so, you know, Zoom centric. You mentioned you'd done a podcast or two over the phone, Zoom, that kind of thing. And COVID obviously hit you guys real hard uh, for a while there. Is Do you feel things kind of sort of getting back to normal for y'all? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the little components that we had before COVID are starting to come back. So it's really exciting. Uh, 
you know, the world changed within two years. You know, everything changed so much. So I'm glad to see things are coming back to normal um, slowly. One thing I wanted to ask you about, so Nate has given you, Nate's obviously like kind of that old school coach, and he gives you a very high compliment for an old school coach. Whenever <laughs> whenever Nate uses the word solid, I'm like, Nate is like in love with this. <laughs> That's a high compliment from Nate. But basically just talking about your defense, you play the game the right way, play clean. You've had barely any turnovers this month. Mm-hmm. Is that is that kind of your identity? Like how would you describe your your game? Are you that have you always kind of been that solid guy? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, coaches have a I wouldn't say a hard time, but you know, when they first gave me, they uh I feel like they don't see the value right away of what I bring. And then um as time goes on, they kind of see that, you know, being solid is a is a big deal in the NBA because you know, a lot of guys want to be a superstar and, you know, want to play outside of their role and to have a guy or some guys that, you know, know their role and just stick to it and don't try to go outside of it. That's, uh, I feel like that's a big key in the NBA. Did Nate see it right away, the value? Um, I wouldn't, I, I would say we had too many players. Like, we had a lot of players yeah. that fighting for minutes. So, yeah. um, I did, I wasn't, you know, in the role I am now, I would say, uh, but, Slowly but surely, uh, because of COVID or injuries, my role was, you know, I was able to play outside of my role a little bit. And, um, you know, now, like, I'm, I feel like I'm more valuable to the team. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because a similar, a very similar thing happened with the Hawks last year. And that's what kind of, I don't know if that, I mean, it's not the reason, obviously, why they made that Eastern Conference Finals run, but they sometimes... I don't know if this has been your experience or if it was the experience kind of the first half of this year when there's so many good guys yeah. on the team, there can almost be like, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches, but it's like sometimes guys have to shoot themselves into a rhythm and mm-hmm. stay out there on the floor for a little longer. Did you feel that kind of happening in the first half? It's just, there was so much talent that it's kind of like, where do we put everybody? Yeah, exactly. Um, like you said last year, uh, you know, some of the key guys that are getting minutes now are out. Um, last year a lot so you had like guys like Solo and Tony who are just solid players like you know they're solid they know their role they were they allow other players to you know play their role and you know be solid so I think that that's what we you know kind of the issue we had earlier and now guys are um, you know settling in and Mm -hmm. you know we're playing better. You're from you're from LA what has it been like adjusting to Atlanta? How are you liking Atlanta? I mean I know you're busy so you probably can't like you know go out and do all the the normal normal person off season stuff right. cuz you're so busy. But what do you think of what are you thinking of Atlanta? Um I would say it's pretty similar to LA. I have a lot of people, at least six people that I know from LA that are living here, so um, Oh wow, that's a lot. You know, I have people to hang out with, I should say. Um so it, it's been good uh, adjustment. Um you know, I've been in some smaller cities over the past couple of years, so it's good to be in a city where it's you know, it's alive and, It's a city. Yeah, yeah. So it's a real city. <laughs> and you can do uh your nightlife stuff, your uh, dinners. So it's pretty fun. When you're not playing, which I know is like very rarely, <laughs> but when you're not playing, when you're not practicing, what do you like to, what do you like to do? Call of Duty. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, since, uh, since the pandemic started, I've been a big Call of Duty uh, guy. And Did you get like really good at it? Haven't time? Or were you already good at it? <laughs> no, I've never played. I've never played Call of Duty. Like my brother oh. got me to play. Mm-hmm. during the quarantine, during like the uh, pandemics when it first started. And then he stopped playing, you know, right when I started playing. So I just, you know, been playing um, Call of Duty and I watch a lot of YouTube. So 
you've got like a basketball family too, right? Yes. Like with your brother and everything. What was that like growing up with that? Uh, well, we we played three sports growing up, so oh. um, we were busy football, baseball, and basketball. Um, once I got into high school, yeah, around high school, that's when he you know was drafted to the, to the Heat. Um, so that's when I really like knew that I could make it when I seen him. You know, I was like, I grew up with this dude, and he made it to the NBA. It's like I have a good chance of making it now. How how much older is he? Six years. Okay, okay. So was it a situation where you knew you could do it because you were you know playing like one on one versus him, or was he a little bit older and that was not quite? Yeah, he used to beat me bad. Uh, <laughs> he cut me no slack. Um, it was just like you know, if you see somebody in your household, you see this the process they went through. Mm-hmm. You, I just felt like I was going like it was. I, you know, I don't know, it's being naive, but, um, you know, once I see him <laughs> well, get clearly drafted, it wasn't naive because you wasn't. made it. <laughs> I, I guess I would, that's what gave me the confidence. But um, once I seen, you know, him make it, like, he went from, uh, like, pretty much a nobody. And then and one year he blew up. So once I seen that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to the NBA. What did you learn from, like, his experience, watching him go through everything he went through and, like, just the process and, like, the draft process and ever, all that craziness? What did you learn from that that helped you in your own journey? Um, It's hard to just – I always say this, like, oh, I, it wasn't nothing that he told me or it was just me just picking up things with not, me and not even knowing. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I just picked up on so much that I probably couldn't even put it into words. Like, it just, it just became part of my life. Uh, so – just seeing him, uh, you know, grind and work hard, I just, you know, I have somebody to look up to, and uh, he also guided me through that process. Mm, that's good to have. Yeah, definitely good. Being from L.A., what was your experience with, and how were you affected with everything with Kobe? What, like, what was your what was your experience with that, and just obviously when he passed away? Yeah, so growing up, I was a, you know, a big Kobe and Shaq fan. Um, I just told the story yesterday. Um, oh, sorry to make you. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Uh, so I was telling to uh, one of my teammates, but um, once he, uh, my brother was drafted to the Heat the same year that Shaq left Kobe. Okay. So I be, I'm a big Dwayne Wade fan also. Everybody knows that. Uh, sure, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> so um, once, like, Dwayne Wade, I think it was the second year when Shaq went to the Heat and my brother drafted the same year, so. I kind of was like, I became a Kobe hater because I was so much of a, uh, you know, a Dwayne Wade fan. So. Right. And I was in L.A., so everybody was gassing up Kobe, and I was like, no, nah, Dwayne Wade's better, blah, blah. <laughs> then as I got because I was like seventh grade, so as I got older, like high school, yeah. college, I realized how great Kobe was, and I kind of like put that to rest and just, you know, I became, I was back to a Kobe fan, so. Right, right. It was, it was tough when he passed, you know, yeah. just what he meant to L.A., and. We, I feel like I took him for granted those years of being such a Dwayne Wade fan. Mm-hmm. Growing up, was there a particular guy? I feel like some of the the players that guys you know grew up watching, they almost seem like larger than life. You know, just like Kobe, just like Dwayne Wade. Were there were there players where you were like, man, I'd love to model my game after this, or I'd love to. I I just can't get enough of watching this one guy. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade yeah. all the way. No I one else a, but Dwayne. <laughs> I did a Euro step yesterday in honor of him. Like, I, I, yeah, uh, we will watch air, like when I get home from uh, school, cause you know they're on the East Coast. So like right when I get home from school, the game will be on the Heat game, and I just remember that that was probably like the best part of my day, just being able to watch uh, Dwayne Wade and Shaq and all those guys. Like, play. Well, what's it about Wade's game? Just his craftiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen so many similarities, like getting steals, and you know it was just easy to model my game after him because at the time that's how I, I was playing. So. And you have been bringing 
a lot of that to that Hawks second unit. I think a lot of that, like, a lot of that kind of like sneakiness on defense, ability to get steals, that kind of thing. And I really think the past, not just, it hasn't just been on this five game win streak, Mm -hmm. but recently, do you feel like that second unit is really starting to click? Definitely, definitely. I think we're all clicking right now. Um, guys are just playing their role to perfection. Uh, Lou is, you know, coming in, being, you know, being a scorer that he is. Gallo is doing his thing. Big O. Um, and now we added Bogey with us. I don't know if he'll be with us for – I don't know how that will shape up. But um, but that's he was there during that win versus the Kings. Yeah, so Bogey's, you know, back. And, uh, and I'm just trying to, you know, do the little things to keep the group, you know, flowing. So I think we're all clicking right now, and it's – good to, you know, take some pressure off of the starters. What has the chemistry that that group has found, is there anything that sparked that? Or is it just like you mentioned, now you guys have a little bit more time. There's a little bit less of a log jam. Right. Less less of a log jam. And um, I would say when guys were out with COVID, uh, you know, I got to start a couple games and, you know, start to, you know, hit some shots when I was starting. And now I feel like I have a confidence, mm-hmm. more confidence coming into the game and, Lou the same way. He got to play more. He wasn't playing at first. And then even Big Oh, he was starting for uh, CC just recently, and now he's back with us. So I feel like us being able to get some more minutes and then, um, you know, now you know we have a rhythm. So I think that that's pretty much it. We've got to talk a little bit about Onyeka because I feel like for a second-year center to be battling – not battling very well against right. like MVP, you know, yeah. guys. What I mean, what's your take on just how he's been – uh, not just holding his own, holding his own, and then some against some of these guys. He's been very, imp- very, very impressive. Um, I didn't, I never really, I knew who he was, but I didn't watch too much of him last year or even in college, so I didn't really know what to expect from him. But he's been battling. Uh, he battled uh, and very well. He battled battled um Giannis. Towns, Giannis. He's been doing a good job on, you know, some of these bigger name guys, and uh, you know, he's bringing some energy to us, so it's very, very needed. Have you gotten to know him? I know there's a, a little bit of an age gap there, but have you, have you gotten to know him more and more, especially because, I mean, he's a California guy too. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We talk about it all the time. Um, he said that he grew up by my high school uh, no for way. a couple of years. Yeah, so That's awesome. We should have recruited him. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. We, uh, we have a lot you know, in common just being from California. With Bogey, like we mentioned, playing with y'all on that second unit, and obviously now that he's healthy, you'll probably either have, whether it's Bogey or, or Kevin mm-hmm. Herter on that unit, how will that help you guys? Y'all are already having success, and then you add a Bogey or a Kevin in there. How do you think that can even propel you guys even more? Um, I think – if we could play any better now, that would be crazy. But I think if we that is true. Yeah, if we if we play any better now, we should be starting off. Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> just gotta have a starting ten. Yeah, a starting five. But I'll just say I think we're playing like I don't. If we, we don't have to play any more better. Like we could, we're we're solid right now. Mm. Um, we get a good fifteen minutes together or whatever. Fifteen. I don't know however much we play together, but uh, if we can just stay playing solid, then that's you know. That's perfect. Uh, any better than will be crazy. There's that solid word again. Yeah, yeah. It's the I, highest compliment on the Hawks, I, <laughs> I swear. I like that. I like that. Solid. <laughs> just stay solid. Yeah. So I know that you're a little bit of a newer addition, but what's crazy is against the Kings, um, against that win, so the y'all, y'all's fifth straight win, 
Um, that was actually the first time since January 3rd of 2020 that y'all had a completely, the Hawks had a completely clean injury report. Mm. Isn't that wild? I mean, I, and again, I know that you're a little bit newer, but um, so I've been, this is my third season covering okay. the team and I couldn't believe it, but also I kind of could because I was like, they just had so many guys injured. Right. And then for you guys this year, everything with COVID was mm -hmm. just, it was just the the ups and downs have just been so crazy. So to get a little bit more roster stability, how big is that for you guys? Yeah, that's big. Um, you, whenever we can have everybody healthy, uh, you know, that's we're our full strength. So uh, I hope that we continue that, you know, for the rest of the season um, because, you know, when we're a full strength, we're a pretty good team. Weren't you for, – for a while there when y'all were so – um, shorthanded and a lot of a lot of a lot of injuries on the wing. Didn't you play some on on the wing a little bit? Yeah, because I'm even doing it now. I'm playing with, uh, with Trey on the wing. So um, right, and then yeah, exactly because you can play off the ball well. Right. But like, I feel like you were doing a lot of it when yeah. everybody like was it weird? I know you can do it. You're certainly yeah. capable of it. But was it just odd how everybody kind of had to ha like take on a different role? Like you had some G League guys up here. I mean, it just feels like it was like all hands on deck. For like yeah. a month. <laughs> Around that Christmas time when we had – I walked into the locker room and there was three or four guys I'd never seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like – I was just confused because it was no announcement. Like we have this new player, like from the, from our coaching standpoint. They were just in the locker room in jerseys and I was like, what's up? Like, so <laughs> what's that, that was – uh, man? <laughs> that was weird. That was definitely weird to have so many new guys um, just, just in the locker room. But, uh, you know, we made it through that storm and uh, now we're – you know, trying to make up some ground. I remember last time y'all were out west on that second West, west Coast road trip, um, Clint said something to me that really stood out. John has said a few things like this, too. Um, Clint was like, we got to put more heart on it, on defense. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to play with more heart on defense. The last five games, to me, that's been one of the biggest differences. There's a lot of urgency definitely um what are you seeing in that regard yeah just more urgency um it's really an effort honestly uh just to not let your man score on you um as a team not let the other team score on you so I feel like we're playing with a lot more effort um it's also easier when you've been winning so yeah when you that, have some wins under that your makes belt, everything easier you you know you're more motivated to play on a defensive end but when you're losing it's kind of like ah uh, like you think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. So I just think that winning helps it, um, and we're just you know trying to keep it going. Is that what it's going to come down to for this team? You think? Because obviously y'all have had, I think it's like the number two um, offensive rating almost all season mm -hmm. long. Um, obviously, this team can put up points against pretty much anyone. Right. Is it really going to come down to can we buckle down on defense in this second half of the season? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know. Uh, this is a scoring league, uh, so the more stops you can get, um, you know, helps us score, helps us get on the offensive end uh, in transition. You know, obviously, obviously we do have Dre back also too, so that definitely that's helps. Big. That's a big, um, that's a big uh, bonus for us. Uh, so, you know, with those components, I feel like that that's going to help us in the second half of the season. What is your mindset with the rest of the season? You mentioned kind of chipping away, obviously after a less than ideal start. Um, you guys fell to number 12 in the Eastern Conference standings. But now you're getting to the point where, I mean, if you keep winning like this, <laughs> yeah. now they're going to go undefeated the rest of the year. Um, but you really are chipping away trying to get back to 500, essentially. Mm -hmm. So what's your mindset with just 
is it just kind of one game at a time or what's your mindset as far as how you guys can can get back to where you want to be yeah i feel like we you know over the last week we've um we got back into the race so obviously just winning uh playing together for the rest of the season um staying healthy and we do all those things and we'll be right back we want to make it beyond a playing game, like to the seating game, or to the seatings, like six, six seed. Mm-hmm. That's that's been the goal for us. So, um, yeah, we just have to keep playing together and just playing defense. So right now, it's the mindset is can we can we avoid that pesky play in tournament? Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a plan. You don't get to wanna, that six seed. Yeah, six seed, and um, then we'll be in good shape. Is this more of what you thought this team was capable of when you when you joined this group obviously coming off a huge run last year stumbling to start this year but as we mentioned you know injuries covid a little bit of logjam with minutes the past stretch is this a little bit more of what you thought this team was going to look like definitely definitely um i just when i first got traded here i looked at the roster and i was just like yo this is you know this is a good team um you know we have and then we and then we drafted the rookies that can play also. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this team is uh, you know we're very deep. Um, and now that we're starting to you know play much better together, I feel like this is what I envisioned when I you know was traded here. One more for you. <laughs> when we started this podcast, I'm not taking credit for anything. I promise. When we started this podcast, y'all are five and zero since then. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so basically. I can never stop doing the podcast, right? Shouldn't, no. Not until we lose or go into a bad funk. Thank you so much for joining us, Delon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So thank you so much to Delon for coming on the show, honestly. That was that was awesome. It was awesome to sit down with him. Um, he was he was really honest and funny. And I, I love having players on because they can just give like who better than them to give a total inside look at what's going on with the team so now we're going to do our mailbag segment and to help me do that I'm actually going to introduce Jay Black our fantastic producer without whom this podcast literally would not exist Um, and he's going to read some questions out for me and uh, Sarah before we do that we uh, do want to remind everybody that the reason we can make this podcast free for everybody is your subscription to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It is what fuels our journalism. So if you are not a subscriber, please go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited digital access for just 99 cents for your first month. Again, that is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So now to the mailbag, and uh, we have a lot of uh, trade questions. So uh, we do want to thank Justin (laughs) Goldberg and Chester Brown and uh, ATL Cam, who all kind of asked the same thing. This is from ATL Cam. Does the winning streak make it harder for management to pull the trigger on a trade before the deadline? Those things can really shake up chemistry and momentum. First of all, I just want to say, Jay, you have the best radio voice. I know this is a (laughs) podcast, but that's like, gosh, man, you're making me look bad. Um, I gotta make my voice boom. A you're uh, you're like pretty you're pretty good um, too. Don't sell yourself. Sell, oh, sell yourself thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so yes, I do think to a degree it makes it a little bit tougher to pull the trigger on something major, in the sense that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I think that's something to consider. I also think something to consider is Travis Schlank, GM Travis Schlank's own words when they did the trade with Cam Reddish, when they traded Cam Reddish to 
to New York. They also traded Solomon Hill, got a first round, first rounder, first round pick and um, Kevin Knox back. When he did that, he mentioned at the time, because the the timing was intentional, it was done a few weeks before the trade deadline so that they could see if they could get a little jolt to the system and if things could start to gel, essentially. Sometimes you don't need a major shakeup. Sometimes you can just get a little bit of a mental I don't know, like shock to the system and it can can change things. So whether it's that, whether it's opening up minutes a little bit, I do think, yes, it it might make that a little bit tougher of a decision to do something more major. I would expect, this is just me talking, uh, I would expect more of a tweak as opposed to something major if something does happen. But yeah, I mean, they're they're 7-0 since Travis said that. So that's that's a pretty good streak here. All right, next up uh, from Preston Smith from Augusta. Oh, my gosh, I know Preston. Get out of here. I went to college with Preston. Hey, Preston, what's <laughs> hey, up? Hey, hey, Preston. So uh, so here's Preston from Augusta with Gallinari's uh, recent resurgence. Does he still feel like a likely trade candidate with his 2022-2023 uh, deal likely to be declined or restructured? Well, okay, so if they were to trade Gallo, it would probably be in some kind of he's there if you need to do something regarding salary matching. That's kind of the the main thing you would do with him. And if you were to do that, it would probably be something bigger. So sit tight on that one. Good question, uh, Preston, fellow UGA grad. I, I think that that might be something where if they were going to do something bigger, that would come into the equation probably um, just for salary purposes. If you do something smaller, though, you might not need that. Um, so sit tight on that one, but that's that's a good point. All right, next up, Justin Steiner. When do you think we'll see the Hawks utilize Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson? Oh, I know fans are clamoring to see Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Um, I totally understand because they're both fun, young, exciting players. I don't know that you're going to see much of that this season um, unless there's some injuries that stack up here. Nate is just not really the kind of coach who he's the kind of coach where he really wants guys to develop if there is the chance to do that, because this is not a rebuilding team. This is the team that wants to win right now. So unfortunately, from from that perspective, as far as wanting to see Jalen and Sharif play, I don't know how much that's going to happen this season. Um, You can certainly see him play with College Park, although I know that's not what people are are wanting. And I and I get that. I get it. But I think they're just going to play the guys who they think give them the best chance to win. And again, they're seven and oh, they're they're past seven games. So it's hard to argue with that. So I think that those guys are going to have bright futures. um, But I don't know that I, I see them really getting in the mix much this season. All right. Now, the Hawks report is a very successful internationally already. So this question comes from <laughs> Keenan James from Leeds, England. I'd like to hear you discuss if you had to make the starting lineup for the best Hawks offensive and the best Hawks defensive lineups, what would be your squad? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, offensive, there's a guy named Trey Young who's pretty good at offense, so I'll probably stick with him okay. uh, first and foremost. Let's see. It's a tough call on Bogey or Kevin, both of those guys are so good offensively. Bogey's shooting lights out from three right now. Um, so I might – right now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very high on Kevin Herter's game. I think it's fantastic. But if Bogey is shooting the lights out from three, maybe Bogey. Um, oh, that's tough. Um, one of those guys, um, DeAndre Hunter, maybe uh, – I might go a little bit smaller, maybe John and then Gallo. Um, I think – 
that's probably what I would do and just kind of have have a ton of shooters out there offensively. Okay, so then defensively, I think I'd probably go Trey Young has been playing better defense as of late. But if it's if we're truly going, you know, defense first here, um, defense and only defense, maybe DeLon, um, friend of the podcast, DeLon, right? Kevin Herter has been playing scrappy defense. Obviously, DeAndre Hunter. John Collins and Clint pair really well together defensively. John's been playing well defensively. Um, man, it's hard to not put on Yeka Okongwu in that lineup with how good he has been playing defensively. So maybe he's kind of an honorary there. Um, but yeah, I think that's who I would go with defensively. All right, next up, Austin Hong from Atlanta. And I'm sorry, Austin, if I uh, messed your name up there. But uh, he asked, what do you think Capella's long-term outlook is for the Hawks? That's a really good question. Um, and I think it's something people are asking more and more because Onyeka Kongwu has been playing so well. I still think there's a ton of value with Onyeka getting to play under Clint or, you know, beside him or whatever. Um, I think there's a ton of value with him getting to learn from a veteran guy who has played on a big stage so many times. Um, I know Clint sometimes has had some some nagging injuries and, and stuff like that and has had some some tough finishes, but I still think he's really good defensively and if you blink, you'll kind of miss a lot of the defensive stuff and like little adjustments that he makes. Um, so I do think that Onyeka is probably going to play a bigger and bigger role for the Hawks, in, uh, you know, as we get into the future here. But I think in the meantime, there's a ton of value with the Hawks still having Clint and Onyeka and being able to play both those guys. All right. And uh, finally, from our colleague at dognation.com. Connor Riley asks, how much longer do you expect the NBA? I went NBA- to college with Connor, too. Oh, what is happening here? Everyone <laughs> from college is just, like, asking podcast questions. Hey, guys. He wants to know, how much longer do you expect the NBA to allow this podcast to continue, given what it's doing to the league? <laughs> oh, I just laughed right in the microphone. I'm so sorry if I just blew out your eardrums. Um... I don't know. Like, are we going to get a tampering charge or something at some point? Like, we got to get a fine, <laughs> right? Get, I mean, us and, us and Trey got all get a fine, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know if we can handle the fine quite as well as Trey can. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully, like, for quite a while, Connor. Um, but no, I mean, it, hey, look, it's a fair question. People want to know, um, you know, like, what is the correlation here between um between the Hawks report podcast and um the Hawks success which I hope people know I'm joking I'm not actually taking credit I mean come on like they're unrelated but is it fun to think they're related yes and am I gonna keep going with it yeah (laughs) um but yeah anyway hello to everyone from college that that was fun thanks to Uh, everybody for your questions that was uh, awesome yeah especially if you uh, graduated from the Grady College of Journalism with uh, Sarah please keep your questions coming and we'll uh, yeah there we go Okay, so thanks to Jay for helping out with that mailbag segment. No, but seriously, like every single person who sends me a question, I really, really enjoy it. And I I hope I do. I hope I can answer as many as possible. Um, So keep sending them in. If we didn't get to it this week, maybe we'll get to it next week. Um, So let's look at the week ahead. We've got kind of a a tougher week ahead. They're, They're playing Hawks. They've got Toronto. They've got Phoenix. Toronto again, Dallas, um, two tough road games there. So I think this is going to be a a pretty solid challenge for the Hawks this week. I don't know. 
maybe we'll be, you know, maybe the podcast will remain undefeated. But I think this is going to be a bigger challenge for them, especially that Phoenix game. Phoenix has been playing lights out. So that's something something to look for. But I think another I think this week is really going to be um, as much as the Hawks have been rolling. I think this week is going to be where you kind of learn more about them because of some of the challenges that are that are coming their way, because Phoenix is certainly going to test the defense. Um, OK, so. That wraps up this week's episode. Thank you to everybody for listening, subscribing, rating, all that good stuff. Oh, I missed one, reviewing. Um, If you haven't done that, please do. Really, really grateful to anyone and everyone who tunes in to this podcast. So uh, please remember to to do that laundry list of things. And we will see you next week on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.